Welcome to another episode of Weekly Regular. My name is Asan. And my name is Brandon. What up, Brandon? Not much. How you doing, Asan? I'm doing great because today we have another bonus episode. Uh, what's today's? How many buzz is it? Uh, I think it was nine. Nine. I lost count. Bonus episode. What's today's bonus episode? Today's bonus episode is another deep dive episode. And today we're going to deep dive into a little bit into the music industry by mm. way by way of a, a really cool individual. Uh, I've come to be I've come to be friends with this person. He's a very accomplished and talented uh, audio engineer, mixing engineer, mastering engineer, writer, producer, everything under the sun. And he's wow. a funny guy, and he stopped by to. Uh, to go deep with us, we're Great. both we're both musicians to a much lesser capacity as him, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we had a uh, we were interested in bringing him on. So we're gonna, we're going to bring him on. Is is that okay? Uh, that's okay by me. All right, we're going to bring on uh, my buddy Eric Palmquist. What up, Eric? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being. Thanks here. for coming on. Yeah. So, Eric, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know I just told everybody like your your uh, Instagram bio line, but like, tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself, where you're from and, and kind of the stuff you've worked on and you know, that whole deal. And we'll dive a little deeper. Yeah. Like full, <clears throat> we got full time, man. It's bio? a podcast. Yeah, man. It's a podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. You can start from where you're from, all that. Yeah. So I grew up outside of Chicago uh-huh. and was there till I was 18 and then came out to California mm-hmm. for school. You a Bears fan? Kinda, kinda. Okay, yeah. You're not much of a football guy. I like going to sports games. Uh, I don't really follow players or stats. Yeah, gotcha. stuff this like that. This guy knows what's up. <laughs> so, but going to any game, I'm thrilled to go and have a great time because mm-hmm. watching professional athletes is amazing. Right on. Uh, so, growing up in grade school, played a lot of different instruments. Played piano. Played cello. Played. Uh, did percussion in like the school orchestra and then i went to uh, a catholic junior high that didn't have any orchestra program so i started playing sports to make friends Mm. and then in high school my mom started taking piano lessons and i was like i want to play an instrument and so i started taking guitar lessons went into college and was pretty uninspired by what I should do or hmm. how I should move it, forward. You had, you had given up sports by then? Uh, I actually pole vaulted my freshman year in college. Wait, hold on. We can't just, <laughs> we can't just, can't just fly right by that. So you, you pole vaulted in college. Yeah. So you started pole vaulting in middle school? In high school. In high school. Yeah. And what about the pole vault like attracted you to that? Or did someone like see you in a diner like, hey, you'd be good at pole vault. You want to come try out? <laughs> I was, I started track and field to get better for football but then kind of lost interest in that. I, w- I didn't have that, I don't know, that that drive to just go out and pummel people. <laughs> what, posi- what position did you play? I played tight end and wide receiver. Okay. <clears throat> You're a pretty tall guy. But I wasn't then. I wasn't tall oh, really? till. I was a late bloomer. But I wasn't tall till halfway through junior year. If your high school coach like saw you now, he'd be really mad. Right. <laughs> Why couldn't you be 6'6 six, six in high school? <laughs> um, so... I started track for football, and then I just Uh saw the pole vaulters doing their thing. I was like, well, that's the coolest looking thing I've ever (laughs) seen. That looks way more fun than this. (laughs) Yeah. And so I got into it and, like, really had a lot of fun with it. I would go to different camps to get better and Mm. 
for pole vaulting pole vaulting and, camps yeah wow was it just pole vaulters or was it like a lot of different track and field events that, at the camps at the camps it was just pole vaulting like really <laughs> yeah like now does every pole vaulter is it like a harry potter like hogwarts situation where every every pole vaulter has their own pole that they vault like that you keep you know they take care of and you give it a name and you polish it i assume i don't know uh kind of like the school has or had a bunch of poles and then, uh, but then as I started getting better, I started needing different weights and more kind of specialized poles. And so then they would get me some poles and they were really expensive and it was a big deal. Are they like, but, sign- are they like signature models? Like this is Joe Leota's like signature Nike pole. Um, maybe now, but then it was, <laughs> it was just about the height and, gotcha. and the weight limit on the pole. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for it's joining up. us for this week's deep dive into pole uh, high school pole vaulting. <laughs> yeah. Forget music. This is way more interesting. No, that, <clears throat> that is interesting because <clears throat> in my high school, they didn't have pole vaulting. Uh, they had like every other <clears throat> event. Oh, actually, they didn't have javelin, but you know, they had every other track and field thing. Well, that's cool. Did did your did your pole ever snap when you were trying to vault? Yeah, I broke two poles. Really, in, in your whole career? Yeah. Is it scary when it happens? It's super scary. Dang. And people get seriously hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was the summer before my senior year. There was this kid who he was using a pole that was too light and it flexed too much, and <sighs> he flew uh, over the mat and ended up dying. What? Oh my. And like, because he hit his head on his way down and missed the mat. Oh my goodness! And so we had to wear helmets our senior year. Oh god, that's horrible. Yeah. So it was. It's a little bit risky. Wow. So that but, is that is crazy. Yeah. Well, please, please but, let's get to music so we can smile actually, again. <laughs> actually, uh, the thing about pole vaulting that I really appreciate is it's such a weird sport. It's so technique driven, uh-huh. and, and you just have to learn. Uh, little changes in your movements to get better and I wasn't this natural athlete kid mm-hmm. and but it was like one thing that I just started applying myself to and really has kind of taken me through life is like oh if I work at this I can actually do it because mm-hmm. I've never been like oh the naturally talented guy right you know and so so you, you felt like you could control like your your upward mobility Right. Uh, uh, pardon the pun, I guess. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, all right. So yeah, you did so, pole vaulting up into high school and then you yeah. got to college and kind of left that behind? Yeah. No went, no Olympics in sight for you for that? No Olympics in sight. Gotcha. But uh started playing guitar in high school and then... As in, most people do. Right. <laughs> and then in college, uh, didn't know what I really wanted to study. I went in as a... Uh, elementary education like studying that Mm. and i kept on asking my advisor about the music classes and i didn't i had some classical background in grade school but none to speak of really right and so she was like well why don't you just try it out and the professors were all really encouraging and i had to do a lot of extra work to catch up but ended up getting my degree in music composition in classical music Hmm. and uh yeah and so I was studying that, had a band in college. Uh-huh. Then after we graduated, we... What kind of music was it? It was alternative rock. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And so after we graduated, we made a demo. That demo got assigned to Warner Brothers. Mm, wow. And what year was this? This was 2003, 2002. Okay. 
and uh, we got signed to Warner Brothers. We wrote sixty songs and got shelved. Oh my goodness! And oh. So, 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 I guess that's a good place to, to start diving <clears throat> yeah. a little deeper. So, um, in two, this is two thousand two. So this is still like the height of record labels and like the tra- what you I guess you would consider like the tra- tra- traditional route of like going into a musical career as an artist as like a performing act. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's. I mean. Right at the height or just after the height. Yeah. You know, and then things start kind of spinning out. So what right. what does that so, look like for you? Because you're, you're what, 20 years old? Uh, yeah, I was 20, 23. And so. what a record, like an A&R or something comes to your show or something like that? They see you perform? How, uh, how, did, how does a 20-year-old Paul Volter from <laughs> a suburb of Chicago like end up with a record deal? That's pretty crazy. It was crazy. So we... Uh, a friend uh, who he we had him record onto the onto the demo record that we made, and mm-hmm. we really wanted him to be in the band. And he was one of our best friends through college, but it was a singer and I, and we we're trying to like entice people to join our group. Mm-hmm. But he ended up recording on all of it and playing a major role, and so he became a member. And he was a childhood friend with uh, the bass player from Linkin Park. Oh. And so... And Is that we, the headphones guy? Is that the guy who wears like, no, the big headphones No, that's the guitar player. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The air traffic controller guy? <laughs> <laughs> and so we actually ended up getting signed to their label. Okay. And so... Which was part of Warner Brothers. Uh-huh. And so... And it was... I learned a ton. Met a lot of people. The Linkin Park guys were amazing and uh-huh. taught us a lot about songwriting and song structure and stuff like that the hard part about the label was each member of the band and their manager were all had equal say and so like we would have like four of them stoked out on a single and a few of them being like i don't know and then we would have another six stoked out on one few Uh be like i don't know so it was hard with that many bosses to Mm -hmm. really make something go Hmm. but it was a great experience and so at the same time as that was happening i got my degree in music composition and mm-hmm. i was like oh i should learn how studio works because that will affect how i write yeah so i got an internship at a studio in santa barbara and was working the, there and learning pro tools and learning the whole thing mm-hmm. thing there and cutting my teeth just doing our band's demos mm-hmm. and so did that for a while and then uh, the band broke up after a few years of just nothing happening. and So no music was ever released? We put out an EP, kind of, but it's not a thing. <laughs> so when, <laughs> so, you, so when you, you say you were shelved, when you sign a record <clears throat> deal, how much, and I know it probably varies, but like just in, in an average situation, how much money is there in that just signing the deal um, and, and not ever putting any music out? This this paid for like a six song EP, hmm. like it wasn't a big deal. Gotcha. Like I don't remember, but it was less than thirty thousand dollars, or mm-hmm. maybe it was sixty thousand. Yeah, and but there was, was and mostly there, covering the that was just cost covering the cost it. of the doing yeah. the record. Yeah, <clears throat> so there was no like million dollar signing bonus, no advance, anything no, like that. Was nothing like that. Gotcha. And so I was painting lamps at a wrought iron, like 
uh, lamp company and <laughs> painting and wiring lamps on the side. And so, <laughs> yeah. Do you still have, do you still have those skills? Yes, <laughs> but they're pretty basic. So, right. you, but I can repair a lamp if it goes out. Right. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. cool. So you, uh, uh, you, you, you get shelved. That that band gets shelved, and you yeah. all, sixty songs never release. You release like a, a small EP, and then you start cutting your teeth doing like your band's recordings. So how do we get to Eric Palmquist today, who's done all of that you've done? So from there, I was kind of hired gun bass player. And Are you a bass player? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yes. I don't have any more chops, but <laughs> I, can, I can think about how it would be played. Uh, neither do I, so it's, it's cool. <laughs> um, and so I was out touring with different artists, and then when I was home, people would ask me to record things, and I enjoyed it. And finally, there came a point and, uh, where it was like, you know, I can really go for this and, and go for production and production and songwriting. And that world really appealed to me. And thankfully, I had a very supportive wife. And we kind of just made a decision to go for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just out there trying to record anybody and everybody mm-hmm. that I possibly could. Hmm. And things were, uh, there's a studio called Orange Whip that I was working out of in Santa Barbara. And so I was getting a lot of, uh, I was seconding on a lot of records there. Mm-hmm. And then... What does seconding mean? Or an assistant engineer. Okay. Uh, just assisting. Get, so. like, getting the coffee, running cables. Yeah. <laughs> setting up microphones. Yep. Uh, doing a lot of editing, okay. stuff like that. And then the recession hit and mm. oh, wow. uh, Santa Barbara kind of dried up. It had a good good scene, I would say, especially for a city that small. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, I was able to find work, but it was all down in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I was spending like three or four nights a week on friends' couches down here. Yeah. And finally, my wife Julie and I, we were like, it's time to go. And so this was 2010, the very beginning of 2010 Mm -hmm. that we moved down and I just started applying to every studio uh, that's down here. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a runner job or anything, I'm just applying for it. And thankfully I got a job managing this studio called Infrasonic in in East LA. Mm -hmm. And so that was 2010 and they were more known as an analog studio and my job there was to book it out and so i kind of took a a break from just focusing on production to Mm -hmm. booking the studio and just straight up engineering or mixing much more for an hour hourly rate or a daily rate and Mm -hmm. uh and then in 2000 but at the same time i was always even though that gig was very much like straight up engineering and mixing uh, and trying to work for the rate and bringing in other producers mm-hmm. uh, and working with them. I was always trying to do a project on my own, like something that I could do to the full extent of my abilities and always having a project that uh, was something that I was trying to do to the best that I could do it. 
Mm-hmm. And so in 2013, the owners of that studio invested their eggs into a vinyl and master cutting facility. Mm-hmm. And they offered that studio to me. And I didn't honestly want a recording studio. I thought it was kind of an old fashioned business. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, but it had been the place where I had built a reputation in town a little bit, uh-huh. you know, and it was a good place for me to work out of. And I was like, I'm going to take a step back if I don't do this. Right. And because it was an actual business and I could prove that it was an actual business, I was able to get the loans to, to take it over. And so, and then since 2013, just been working like crazy and building it up and trying to saying yes to everybody I can. And that's the studio you're still at now. That's yeah. the studio you still own now. Wow. That's a crazy story. I mean, that's cool that they, they offered it to you. I, I mean, it's it, not every day it, that someone offers you a yeah, it was fully very, functional studio. It was very much right place, right time. Right. And there's no way that I could have gotten the funds to build that on my own. Mm-hmm, Just yeah. being like, Hey, I'm going to build the studio. Mm-hmm. I swear it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> That's how banks work, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Pinky so, swear. Yeah. <laughs> so um so why don't you take us through uh just a couple of the the projects that you've done that you're either most proud of or you thought they were cool, uh exciting kind of stuff. Cause I know I know yeah. you, you songwrite and produce as well as engineer and all of that. Yeah. Um so the project that really help move things along for me uh, is this band called Bad Sons mm-hmm. and I met them through we had the same attorney and it was so this was when I was working at the studio mm-hmm. uh, as a manager but they were one of my projects that I was just kind of doing off on my own mm-hmm. and we they were am- amazingly talented and had a cool sound and so we just i would just go to their house and listen to their rehearsals and Mm -hmm. like once a month for a long time uh and they had some member changes so it ended up being about a year that i was just like making notes on their songs and giving them feedback and until we felt like we had five songs that were amazing Mm -hmm. and so we uh went in just recorded them uh we booked out a few days, but then just as we needed to record more or as I felt like we could make something better, we just made it work mm-hmm. in spots in the schedule where it could work. And so, uh, and that ended up getting a lot of attention and it was just one of those things where, uh, uh, K rock played it on their locals only show. And we started sending it out to a bunch of labels and managers and it really just, got some legs of its own and took off mm-hmm. and uh that really you know that was the first time for me that something really just got recognition and then mm-hmm. then doors start opening like mm-hmm. can you work with this person can you work with that person mm-hmm. and uh and so that was definitely the uh a groundbreaking moment for me mm-hmm do you do most of the work in your studio that you run or in other places? I do 90% of the work in my studio. And so, but sometimes we'll go to different studios or I went up to a studio called Prairie Sun, which is north of San Francisco earlier this year to work mm. for uh, a week 
um, because the client wanted to work up there because it's an amazing facility and uh, some old Tom Waits records were done up at that studio, oh, cool. Mule Variations and uh, Bone Machine. And so we went up there and uh, that that project actually is a record that I'm working on with Josh Klinghoffer, who's the guitar player for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And he, I met him because uh, basically a mutual friend had recorded at the studio and he lived on the east side of town and the band that he was playing with, Dot Hacker, was another side project band of his. Uh, they just came in for a day just to work and we just kind of hit it off. And since then we've made three records together. And I'd say there's, there's people, there's clients that I get cause they've heard of work that I've done. Mm-hmm. And then there's clients where I'm at a studio and people come in and work and then we end up hitting it off and relationships get built that way. But it's usually pretty, it's a pretty natural process of, you know, making friends. Hmm. Yeah. Were you ever, were you ever part of a project or, or maybe the beginning stages of a project that just was not working or like you didn't get along with the person or just like, it was just a nightmare for you or have they all been pretty smooth? I haven't, I mean. And uh, name names, please. Yeah, please. Names, (laughs) titles of projects that never got released. Early on, I had, like, back when I was just, like, really learning, mm-hmm. uh, I had a drummer kind of flip out on me. <laughs> what do you mean, but, flip out? Well, we were going over the song, and uh, me and a friend were producing it, and we were asking them to, to try. Uh, they had the chorus slow way down, hmm. and it wasn't working. <laughs> if you could imagine that yeah, yeah. so and, like the re- the rest of the song would be one tempo and yeah. then at the chorus it would slow way down slow way down and it's like huh. i was like actually this chorus would sound pretty good if you just kept the same tempo right imagine that <laughs> and uh and the drummer just like went off like who are you how do you what why do you know what you're doing like just cussing me out and like okay well i think you need to leave yeah <laughs> and yeah. so uh but honestly i've that's the only thing i can think of mm-hmm. you know and the way i view my production is i'm trying to get on board with what the artist is trying to do mm-hmm. and then hopefully walk alongside them and one of the things i'm most thankful for is that i get to work on different types of records yeah and that keeps it interesting for me hmm. and I learn a lot that way and it keeps me I feel like I keep getting fresh ideas by working with different types of artists as opposed to just making rock records all the time even though all the records that I work on fall in between pop and alternative mm-hmm. and occasionally a punk rock or a hard rock thing but it's mostly in that pop alternative world mm-hmm that I'm in. And what kind of what kind of stuff do you find yourself listening to most often? Or I may, guess maybe just right now in this season of life, what are you listening to music-wise? Uh, I'm always listening to new music playlists. Mm. Just constantly. I love yeah. hearing what's new. I love hearing what's fresh. And 
Uh, and I find that a lot of people, especially as they get older, they just keep listening to what they listened to in junior high and high school because that's when they were <laughs> developing as a right. person. Yeah. Nostalgia and all that. Yeah, and that's that's the music that, you know, shaped them. Yeah. And, uh, but I really love listening to hearing what people are doing and just gleaming ideas and and listening to that. So there's a lot of new music that I listen to. If there's just like old favorites, uh, you know, Tom Petty is a big one for me. Uh, I have young kids, so at home we're either listening to 60s Motown, uh, the Beatles or the Beach Boys. No like, Baby Shark. No Baby Shark in there? No. <laughs> no Baby Shark. No Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Not really. <laughs> but You're going to listen to this Tom Petty record. You're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. Or we listen to a lot of Paul Simon. Okay. But... So you've been through uh, like the beginning of your career um, being signed in the early 2000s and then you're talking uh, post-recession stuff. Uh, and so the music industry has been through a ton of changes. Right, yeah. uh, how do you feel about where it is now and, and specifically, like, I guess, your place as a studio owner knowing that like we're we're here right now with an interface and a computer and, and a bunch of mics, like recording is, has changed drastically. Yeah. Um, I actually think it's a really exciting time for music and I'm also thankful for when I got in cause I wasn't making records when in the late nineties when records were selling like gangbusters and right. everybody was making tons of money. <laughs> so I never had that like, set the oh, bar low. <laughs> yeah. The, the bar started very low for me. Right. <laughs> and so it's only been, uh, uphill from there might be a slow uphill, but mm -hmm. it's only been uphill from there. And uh, as far as everybody having the equipment and anybody can make a great sounding record. Yeah. Um, and I think that's exciting. And honestly, I think it makes the music better. Yeah. A lot of times artists come in with much more uh, fleshed out ideas. And then we're working instead of bringing something from, you know, 60% to 100% we're bringing stuff from 80% to a hundred percent, hopefully, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and working and it's harder to get that last 10, 20% than it is to get, mm -hmm. you know, the, from the 60 to from 60 right, to 90, right. like that's an easier lift right. than from 90 to a hundred. Hmm. And so, uh, and being able to have more time to spend on that last percent. Oh, that is, makes sense. Yeah. Is, uh, I think incredibly valuable. And, so. and I guess uh, artists are probably coming in a little more educated about the whole process. Yeah, they're a bit more educated, uh, especially new artists. Like they're not, you don't have to go through basics of like, put your face in front of the microphone. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, have you ever worked with an artist that had no, like zero clue about what to do at all? Not since like learning to record myself gotcha. where we were both like, what's happening? Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's pretty rare. Mm. And so, uh, but I was having an interesting talk with a friend and we were talking about how 
we used to spend so much time trying to find these different sounds and everything. <laughs> but engineering, it's it's uh, as opposed to song composition, whatever the the brass tacks of engineering is that once you know that knowledge base, it it doesn't. I mean, there's different things you can try, but you kind of know how to get what your mind's thinking. And so whether it be a weird sound or a real clean hi-fi sound, it's you kind of know how to get it and you're not thinking as much about like the the technical aspect as you are more about the performance and the emotion mm-hmm. and the kind of things that are a bit harder to wrap your hands around. As an engineer, do you listen? Is there a specific thing that you tend to listen to or listen for when you listen to like new music or stuff on the radio? Like, are you are you, do you are you listening with an engineer's ear, like the way like a, a someone who's like a filmmaker might l- look at a movie, like with, with filmmakers' eyes, like oh that shot was composed nicely. Like, do you listen to it like man that's that that snare tone sounds great, or do you just try to take in music just kind of? as a consumer would does that make sense yeah uh i was hanging out with some friends uh, a long time ago and we were listening to some music and a friend was like yo eric listen to that bass line i was <laughs> like yeah that bass line's great and <laughs> and then one of our other friends was like what bass line oh. <laughs> and, and we we started singing the bass line we're like you know that part <laughs> i don't hear it well what do you hear <laughs> They're like, I hear the song. And it was a huge light bulb moment for me. Uh-huh. It was like, yeah, you hear the song. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what matters. It's not, it's not the bass line. It's the one sound that's coming out of the speakers. Mm-hmm. And that to me was, a, is something that's really stuck with me. And, or another analogy would be like a choir where it's lots of people, but it's one sound coming out, you know, and having, having the record come out as this one sound that just works together and hopefully people just hear that one sound. Hmm, interesting. Not all these great players, even though many times there's a lot of great players working on it, it's to make this greater project. Yeah. And so, uh, what was the original question? I went off. No, I was like, when you listen to music, is oh, there, when I listen to yeah, music, is there yeah. something specific that you listen for? So, that's how I attempt to listen to music. Right. But I still hear that bass line. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, if, if a sound sounds really good, I still buy a lot of songs because I want to listen to them in my sessions uh, and uh, outside of my music uh, subscriptions. But like, if I hear something that I like, like I'll buy it and listen to it and kind of break it apart. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I hear, if I hear a sound that I, haven't heard before uh that's what intrigues me the most mm-hmm. uh great snare sounds or great guitar sounds and stuff it's uh those are all all good is there like a particular sound or thing like thing aspect of a song that you've captured on something that you've worked on that you're like that's like your thing your go-to thing like man that i'm super proud of how that came out sounding Mm. Not really. Like, I'm sure if you ask the guy who recorded, you know, the guitar solo on Beat It, like, right. I'm sure that's his thing. Like, <laughs> do you have a thing well, like that? That was Eddie Van Halen, so yeah. Was yeah, it Eddie Van yeah. Halen? <laughs> yeah. I didn't so know that, that. that was his thing, yeah. That was his thing? Until um, he started Van Halen? Or was he in Van Halen at the time? 
<laughs> he was like, I'm pretty good at guitar. I'll start a band called Van Halen. Yeah, he was he was already a thing. After recording Beat It, he <laughs> yeah. realized. All right, I'm 28 years old, so anything before 1990, I just assume it was all happening, happening concurrently. Uh, I have no clue how I got this gig working for Michael Jackson, but yeah. So I guess the original question was, uh, were you in Van Halen? I guess that's yes, where <laughs> I was. No, is there like uh, something that you're particularly proud of, and something that you've released that you're like, man, if I could just, man, if only I could recapture that that snare sound, the Great White Buffalo. No, I'm I'm not. <laughs> that's not. Uh, each project's different. Yeah, each project yeah. each project's different, and it's about bringing out the emotion of the song. And so you're not like, this is my one sound. We're yeah, doing it. Yeah. Copy that's, paste. that's, uh, there, there are many producers where that's their thing and you go to them for their mm-hmm. sound. And that's very, not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, and trying to get on board with the artists and understand what they like and what their tastes are and understand emotionally where they're coming from and trying to make that come out of the speakers. Mm that's gonna determine what sounds we get um and more of like the journeyman approach rather than like the auteur approach yes gotcha what is that like filmmakers like steven spielberg or like quentin tarantino they're like auteurs because like you know when you're watching a tarantino movie yeah whereas like a journeyman director is someone like john favreau where like he can direct iron man and swingers and you not really know it's him yeah gotcha uh that type of thing um, are you a big uh, like audiophile kind of guy? Like, do you have crazy headphones or a crazy like <laughs> yeah. home listening setup? Is like, your, do you judge me for of, other walls of your home and every room just covered in foam? <laughs> like, do you judge me for having AirPods? No, no, he does judge uh, you for having AirPods, but for, it's for a completely different reason than the sound quality. <laughs> um, I enjoy. We have Sonos at home. Um, mm. And I enjoy that because I can control it with my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but is it? It's, it's not. It's not hi-fi. Right. Like I don't know why, but for some it, reason, when you when you were saying I could control it, I just I thought you were going to say with your mind. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really cool. I don't know cool. if technology is quite there. It's yet. almost there. We're it's almost there. there with with Alexa and Siri. We're almost Get, there. So like we're one there. step removed from that. <laughs> getting we closer. Could, yeah, we're getting closer every day. That's going to uh, be crazy though. Um. But no, not. I mean. My listening at the studio is really nice, yeah. but out, outside of that, I just want to listen to music and enjoy it. And like when you're at like a restaurant or like a bar and they're playing, I was at a bar, there's a barcade in, um, in Highland Park uh-huh. and uh, I was in there and they, it, is a barcade exactly what it sounds like? Yeah. It's a, okay. it's a bar with arcade games okay, in cool, it. Cool, cool. Uh, I forget what it's called, but I was in there with a buddy of mine and they were playing music and it was so loud in there, but it, it, they, the speakers were so bad they looked like they got them at like a uh, they had like speakers mounted on like the corners of the rooms and stuff the speakers were so bad they looked like they bought them at a yard sale in the 90s like there are big wooden speakers with like that black foam like if you're right. if you're listening to this podcast and you're black your mom had these speakers like <laughs> <laughs> on either side of the, the TV like wall unit thing they're like these big brown no mini fridge right so like they, you know, those speakers were like you have to be an electrical engineer to set them up. Oh like yeah, the you wires, like have the exposed wire. Yeah. <laughs> so there were those, and they and 
oh, they sounded so bad because there was no low end. And it was all high end. So the music was cranked really loud. Oof. But it was so it was the it was the loudest music you've ever heard, but also the softest music you've ever <laughs> heard. So it was just piercing. And I was just like, man, if only they had just if only they just had some better speakers. Like you can take now speaker technology is so good. You could take a hundred dollars to Best Buy and get better speakers than that. But obviously they're spending their money on keeping the Pac-Man machines working. But like, do you go to places like that and you're just like amateurs? Uh, yeah. Tinny, tinny sounds bother me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, does your car stereo system slap pretty loud? No, it's basic Toyota. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you connect an aux cable or do you do Bluetooth? I connect an aux cable. Ooh, ah, there my it man. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Hi-fi <Yeah>. audio. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, I think uh, we have a... Eric, if you're willing to stick around, I think we do have a uh, special guest that's joining us today. Oh, we do? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to stick around for the conversation? I would love to. Yeah, I think he's letting, letting himself in. Wow. Wow. Is this it? Is this the setup? Y- yeah, this is, this is the yeah. way we do our podcast. Okay. That's it. All right. Finally, thank you for not inviting me. Oh, you're the, oh, you're the guy who sent me the DM on Instagram That's talking right. about why haven't you called me up to That's the podcast right. yet? Turklin Eldridge Leguizamo of the Cleveland Leguizamos, but Tur- you may know me as Turk E Leg. Turk E Leg. <laughs> Uh, you are the guy that keeps DMing me on Instagram. Yeah, man. And I found you because yeah. I chased your IP address. <laughs> Whoa. Why, so what, what's your deal? Why, why, are you, why are you up here? What, y- y'all inviting producers on and, and, and ain't nobody hit me up? Well, we, well, the guest for today was Eric Palmquist. I mean, he's a, he's a great guest. He's, he's done a lot in his career. Uh, wh- what, what have you done? I mean, what have I done? Yeah. yeah, what have I've I done? I've never heard of you. Turkey yeah, we've never leg, heard of Turkey Leg. Turkey Leg. Yeah, Turkland. Not, Turkland. Eldridge. Eldridge. Leguizamo. Leguizamo. Of the Cleveland Leguizamo. Wait, are you related to Are you related to John Leguizamo? No, he's of the Brooklyn Leguizamo. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So there's two families of Leguizamo. At least two families of Leguizamo. We were the first. You were the first. We came off Ellis Island first. <laughs> You're, so you're the third. So maybe your great great grandfather was came over. Great great grandfather came over. Uh huh. To then, a, another woman's house, and they had sex. Uh huh. And then, and then they had and then your father. My great great grandfather. My great grandfather. Uh huh. Gotcha. And they, they had, had sex, and, and then, then they he had, had sex with somebody yeah. who eventually became my grandfather. Gotcha. Okay. What was the second part of that? The second part of what? Of the, his name? <laughs> yeah. It's so oh, of the Cleveland Leguizamos, <laughs> Turkland, Eldridge, Eldridge, okay. Eldridge, Leguizamo gotcha. of the Cleveland Leguizamos. Is Eldridge, you seem very adamant about uh, the, heard El- of the Eldridge part. Is, is are you named after someone, or is that is like a family name? The Eldridge part. It's a family name. Okay. Great great grandfather who originally had sex on Ellis Island. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I, we know how like children we are born. Know, we, yeah, we do we know understand how, that. We know where Don't need that, do I need to explain anatomy to y'all? <laughs> no, I think we we get it. No, yeah, I think we, we just, figured it out. Wow, wow. I mean, I. I believe I was not invited here. Y'all have never heard my music. Have you ever heard "Raindrops on the Side of a House"? Raindrops <laughs> like in life, or is that a song? That's a song. Yeah. Oh, I've I've never heard that. I've no, heard I'm, that. No, wow. I'm not familiar. I mean, do you want to sing a little bit for us so that we, maybe we've heard it and we just don't know we've heard it? Ever like, heard of Van Halen? Van Halen. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah wow. we were just talking about yeah, that actually. Really? Yeah, before yeah. you got here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he used to be my studio musician until oh. Michael Jackson found it, and then he decided to start his <laughs> own band. 
Oh, gotcha. So you so you've been doing music for a long time, long time well, since before Michael Jackson. <laughs> Way, was well famous. before Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson Van Halen. Pre Michael Jackson fame. Gotcha. As a solo artist. Oh man, that... I put Cleveland music on the on the map because I'm from Cleveland. Right. I'm right. one of the Cleveland Leguizamos. Right. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, to be confused with the Brooklyn yes. Leguizamos. So. So is is Cleveland like a big? Uh, forgive me, uh, forgive my ignorance. Is is Cleveland like a big music scene other than the Leguizamos? Is Cleveland a big music scene, Wh- bro? How old are you? I'm 28 years old. I'm very young. So, are you just like anything before 1990? You just don't anything before 1990. I just assume it was just all happening. I don't really keep track of. My gosh, call I'm, yourself a musician? Can you believe this, Eric? People of our ilk. Cannot believe Unbelievable. this. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Eric, do you, I mean, do you know of any, besides the Leguizamo family, do you know of any other music that's hot from Cleveland? Or actually, while we're on the topic, do you, are you familiar with the Leguizamos, uh, the Cleveland Leguizamos? <laughs> You're right. I you guess know, that is a more important question. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar. Eric, really? Wow. I, I, you going to do this right I'm now? I'm familiar with the Ohio players. See? Okay. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of the uh, Ohio players. Now, were you? Have you ever heard of the TV show Hot in Cleveland? Hot in Cleveland. I, I, I this sounds familiar. It sounds, it sounds like TV it would land. be. A it's show. not that old. <laughs> it's on TV Land. It's not that old. But it's, on, it. but it's on TV Land. It was. So it's canceled you, now. See, when I was because Cleveland doesn't get any respect. What were you about to so, say? So, who, who else came out of Cleveland? <laughs> who else came out of Cleveland? Oh my gosh! So we got we got the Eric, Leguizamos. I can't believe you would even ask me that. People of our ilk. People of our ilk. Well, Leguizamos, uh, Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen was there. He's not from Cleveland. He right. Was he was just he hanging was there. around the studio. And the Ohio yeah. players. And he would stand outside with a, it was a Kleenex box with rubber bands around it and a paper towel roll oh. stuck in the front of it. Before he could afford and, a guitar. And I was just like, oh, I can't have you standing out here. What's your name, son? He was like, my name's Eddie Van Halen, sir. <laughs> I love it here in Cleveland. I love it here. Would you give me a chance? And I said, hmm, I am one of the Cleveland Leguizamos. Take Again, again you'll have to uh, excuse my ignorance. I didn't know Eddie Van Halen was British. Um, uh, neither did I, actually. That's just how he talked. Oh, oh, so I don't know if he was British. He was trying to like sound like a rock star. So he had a British accent, but he might not have been from England. No, I don't, I don't even think that was a British accent. That's what a lot of guys in Cleveland sounded like when I was coming up. Really? Excuse me, sir. <laughs> But do you have a strawberry to spare for me to get a new guitar to play on? I was like, what's your name? Eddie Van Halen. My name is Eddie. And, that's and I was how like, the, come inside. That's how the relationship formed. You ever heard wow. raindrops falling on a cat on a hot tin roof? Is that another one of your singles? Yes, man. So, are you, did you guys not do any research before inviting me on the show? Well, tec- technically, well, you weren't invited. Technically, you weren't invited. Yeah. We do have a policy where if people reach out to us and and let us know that they're experts in a certain topic, that we bring them on. That's how Eric got here. Mm. Um, but but you, I I don't know if I would call you an expert. I mean, I haven't heard any of your call, music. Call and, me an ex- you wouldn't call me an expert. I, I don't know. Uh, so. Okay, so you, we've got raindrops on the side of a house. Raindrops on the side of a house. Raindrops on a, a cat on, on, a hot tin tin roof. on a hot tin roof. Is there is this a consistent theme with raindrops? These were two of the biggest funk songs of the 1970s. Really? Eric, Eric knows these, right? Eric, you know these. I don't. Oh, my. Oh. Eric, a man of 
our elk. <laughs> how how can you betray me? Somebody, I'm in the same class as you, okay? We come from the same background. The same blood pumps through our bodies rhythmically. I do do ka. I do do ka. I do do ka. So I I don't want to be you're right, uh, t- Turk. Can I call you Turk? Please call me Turk. All right, Turk. E- I- Leg. Turkey leg. <laughs> Full name, okay. I don't I don't want to be dismissive, so I don't want to assume that you're not a big don't deal. Don't dismiss me. I'm not done with class. So we've heard a little bit of Eric's and how he how he found his his musical calling. Maybe I mean maybe there is some similarities here. Why don't you take us through how you got introduced to music and maybe we can find some common ground for you guys to bond over. Maybe I'll tell you, guys you can... I was working as a janitor at Cleveland State University okay. and okay. I would stand outside at the end of the night in the math classes and solve the problems that were unsolvable on the boards oh, and somebody okay. came in and was like you should be a funk musician <laughs> based on your ability from, to solve the math problem from math to funk okay well they do well, say that, music and music and math are, are are both universal languages so I guess and so I they guess sign so- they are <laughs> one two three four yeah, funk's very like four four driven right, very, were these like very simple arithmetic problems yeah <laughs> But okay. hard to me. Okay. But I was, so so, the, so the equations weren't on the uh, on the the board still because they were unsolved yet. They were on the board because someone just hadn't bothered to clean the, the boards yet. Yeah, it was my job to clean. The boards. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was the janitor. So often when you would go into the the boards to clean them, would the equations already be solved? Sometimes, oh, and I would just draw over the answer. Gotcha. Uh, fill it in a little bit, kind of double because down. that's the rule of funk. Eric knows this. <laughs> Confirm. <laughs> you gotta fill it in, okay? Yeah, that, yeah that's okay. true. You do have to. You do have to fill it in. Uh, now you these, have to fill it in. These raindrop songs um, that were apparently smash hits in the seventies. Are you the artist listed, or were you, were you the producer? Who's the the main artist on these? Well, that's a. That's a sensitive subject. Oh, oh please, please have to understand. So I'm Turkey Leg. Uh-huh. Yeah. Of the Cleveland Legs. <laughs> and Eric knows our family well. And we had to come up because back then, you know, funk music wasn't really accepted in the black community. <laughs> in the seventies? <70s>? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, not I, in Cleveland, I, at least. Not okay. in Cleveland, because okay. it seemed like everywhere else it was like a defining feature of the black community. <laughs> not in Cleveland. <laughs> not in Cleveland. Eric knows this. I, you know, and I wasn't born. I'll, I'll have to take your word for it, I guess. <laughs> and so I had to come up with a pseudonym, if you will. Oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't want people to look down on you because you were a funk musician. Exactly. You didn't want fellow members of the black community to look down on you. <clears throat> no. Gotcha. You know, not in Cleveland. Gotcha. My hometown. Now, now, where is the Leguizamos? Because you're, you're, so you're a black man. Am I? I mean, yes, I am. <laughs> so Eric you're, knows this. You're Eric knows man. that I'm black. Is Leguizamo typically a black name? Where, where is your family from? From Italy. Oh, from Italy. Italy. Oh. Yeah. The okay. Black Hills of Italy. The Black Hills black of Hills. Italy. I've never heard of those. Are they, is, what part of Italy is Born that? Born 1990. That's what. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's true. grow up having history lessons. That is Me true. Me and Eric. We grew up having history lessons, right, Eric? We did. See? <laughs> Have you ever gone back to the Black Hills of Italy to, to kind of reclaim your roots? I'm banned from there. You're banned from oh, there? Oh, wow. How yeah. did that happen? Oh, long story. I mean, we but have I'll some time. Oh, I guess we got time, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I went. Okay. I went back to trace my roots. Uh-huh. Anyway, now, you guys know Italy is known for its pasta. Yes, it right? is. Yeah. Yes, I that's one thing it's known for. my whole self-weight in pasta okay ate most of the pasta 
in the Black Hills. Uh-huh. And they ran out and they're in, I almost single-handedly crumbled their industry. Wow. Is wow. there something, is 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 uh, Black Hills pasta, is there like a unique feature of that kind of pasta or is it the same as other Italian oh, pasta? Black Hills pasta, mama me. <laughs> is that what they say? Oh, the Black Hills pasta. Uh-huh. So just thinking about it, it makes me want to go back, but I can't. It'll shoot me on sight. Oh, why is oh, that wow. serious? Mm-hmm. With a pasta gun. So you almost crippled with a, a pasta, pasta gun. gun. Yeah. No, not a, not a traditional Pasta gets gun. hard. You ever, been, you ever had a tortellini thrown at you? Imagine it coming out at, at gun speed. <laughs> gun speed? <laughs> is, it, is it a fatal? Are, gun, are pasta guns fatal? They can be. If oh. you shoot enough of them. Eric knows this. It feels like it'd be kind of like rubber bullets, but I guess filled with cheese. Rubber bullets filled with cheese? Oh, yeah, like a, a tortellini at, at gun speed. It's not It's not wet. It's it's dry. Okay. I mean, yeah. like it'd be inconvenient for sure, but I don't know about fatal or... or a penne hey, pasta might make a good... Oh, a penne. That might pasta, be able to cut true. through. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Eric. Yeah, Eric, you do seem to be pretty knowledgeable about how this all works. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine... Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. So, so you, so Turk, you seem really passionate about pasta and and the food of Black Hills, Italy. Maybe so. How do you? I would have thought maybe you would go into a, a career as like a chef or something like that. How did you end up in music? That wasn't my calling. Being a chef wasn't my calling. Mm-hmm. Music was my calling. Okay. Have you ever heard raindrops <laughs> on the side? Of a nice car, I you know I've missed that one too. Yeah, but again, no, I, no that's I, not a song. That's just have you ever heard raindrops? <laughs> hot rain falls on the side of a nice car. Yeah, I guess so. Very yeah. rhythmically, it, it does. Yeah. yeah, rain is very rhythmic, and so you feel like as a child you were hearing rain affect different surfaces, and the rhythmic nature of the raindrops is what called you to music. Is yeah. That, Wow. So are, are these actual songs or are you just describing situations that if we've actually heard rain falling on a side of the house? That's a good Eric, point. That's a very good Eric, question. Eric, a man of our ilk. How could you? <laughs> well, you, you, keep, you, you keep saying that, but there's so many examples of Eric's music that he's worked on that I could pull up on my phone right now and hear a sample of. We've yet to hear a sample of your music. You can pull my music up. You, you said it was under a, a pseudonym? Yeah. Is it, what, What's the pseudonym? Clifford... Toothberry. Clifford, Clifford Toothberry. Toothberry. Tooth, tooth, yeah. Like multiple tooths? Yeah. Like Toothsberry. Yeah. Okay. And and just maybe give us an example of one of the songs. All right, just play just play a funk beat for me, okay? I'll sing it. Because like like some problem. from the Ohio players or yeah, just, just, play, just, say, you just type on YouTube instrumental <laughs> funk song. Okay. Because it's the same rhythm in all of them. And I'll just sing because my, the thing is, they took my music off of Spotify. It's only on Tidal. Do you have Tidal? I don't have no, Tidal. Yeah, nobody, people don't have Tidal. Jay-Z, bought, Jay-Z loves my music. Really? They took it off of Spotify. Spotify wasn't paying me enough. Apple Music wasn't paying me enough. Google Play. Mm. Oh. oh. This beat yeah. going to do it? Yeah. This is perfect. Okay, which mm. what song is this going to be? This is Cat. Rain on a cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> by Turkey Leg. Mm, by Cl- by Clifford. By Clifford Toothsbury. Yeah, yeah. Clifford Toothsbury. Right, I don't want to get Turkey you in trouble. Leg. Have you ever felt a cat smooth sitting on a roof smooth and then the rain comes down smooth. They gotta sit in the booth 
because you're walking. <laughs> so you look over to that phone booth, then you turn right. <laughs> you sit right in that phone booth, cat sitting on a hot tin roof. You sitting in a phone booth. My name is Clifford Tooth. Why you guys? <laughs> I'm sorry. Why I'm you guys so sorry. At me? <laughs> well, it's just it's, it's I mean, it's it's I'm I'm laughing because it just seems so surprising to me that that is a, a real song. Yeah. <laughs> Either that's not a real song or it it makes sense why we've never heard of you. What, Eric? Do you believe this? <laughs> do you believe how they're talking to a man of our ilk? All right, so oh, that boy. was that was rain raindrops <laughs> on, on a, a cat, cat on a hot, hot tin roof. roof. Okay, okay, uh, Eric, as a producer and engineer, is that is that a project that you would want to be a part of? If 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 turned, how are the levels on that, Eric? <laughs> how are the levels? Uh, you give us your give us a uh, an in person review of of what you just heard. Lay it on me thick, Daddy. Oh, it was one of the best songs I've ever heard. Thank you. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, it's usually the type of stuff I go for. See, and <sighs> what I love to work on, and okay. you know, when I hear when I hear talent like that, I really just you know don't look surprised. I, I'm, I'm very <laughs> surprised. Expert to expert. I mean, I uh, guess I guess you are the you have the the knowledge. You 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 see what we don't. Is it, do you have any notes for uh, Clifford? Yeah, I guess? lay it on me thick, Daddy. <laughs> Maybe we could improve uh, it. Well, the janitor career sounded good. Uh huh. Maybe I should go back to that. How Eric, <laughs> a man of our ilk, a man with odd credits. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that, that, how uh, can you? How dare you, Eric? Those compliments turn turn left yeah, yeah, really it's quickly. Sour. <laughs> I guess Eric has never heard raindrops falling on a fig tree. Raindrops falling <laughs> on a fig tree. Yeah, falling on a fig tree. Play Are, oh, you're gonna do a rendition of that for us? Yeah, sure. All right, all right. I'm in the mood now. You want the, you want the same beat or a, a different beat? Oh, here we I, go. Again, it just honestly that doesn't feel like it's a real song. How does that not? What? That was that was the one that got me nominated for a local Grammy. A local (laughs) Grammy. A local Grammy. I've never heard of that. Is that something that happens in every state, or is it just a Cleveland thing? I mean, I've never. I haven't been to every state. I've been. I've (laughs) been. Which states have you been to? uh, I'll I'll list them right now. Okay. Ohio, of course. Okay, of course. That's where I'm from. Clearly, Mm -hmm. California. The Midwest. Indiana. Uh huh. Uh, Kentucky. Okay, over to West Virginia, mm-hmm. and that's about it. That's a, and and were you just on vacation going to these places, or were you, at gigs? Gigs. Okay. gigs. okay, I was huge. Eric knows this. I was huge uh-huh. in that. I, I was huge and in you, those areas. You would go and perform these songs. Yeah, those were the states that I was confined to. Confined. Confined. To. That so sounds you, like a legal matter. Hmm? <laughs> confined legal. to certain states. It was legal for me to go to those. States. To those states, those states specifically. Is it, is it legal yeah. for you to be in this state right now? 
Yes. Yes. Statute of limitations. Oh, so is there something in your past that maybe legally you can't be held responsible for that maybe we should know about that I might not want you in my home? Okay, so I was a janitor at Cleveland State. Right. Cleveland State's got a lot of students that talk mess to janitors. Okay. Some of them have to go. What, uh, what Wait, does that mean? Hold on. What do you what do you mean by that? Some of them have to go. You mean like oh. leave the school? Like you got them expelled or? Yeah, expelled in a way. Well, in a way, changes it. So, have you ever heard cat sitting on a fence? Cat sitting on, sitting a, fence? on a fence. I have not heard that. Eric knows this one. Eric, you'll remember this. Brand identity here. Yeah, well, I'm encouraged that there's no raindrops on this one, but you're keeping the, the cat theme. Ooh, that saxophone. Oh, yeah. Now, this was a modern one. This is my, my comeback album from the 90s. Oh, okay. It's like Jazz Fusion. Uh huh. The cat is on the fence, and I'm watching it fence. Cat's fencing on the, the cat's fence. on the fence and I'm watching it fence against another cat. Stick, poke, stick, poke. The cat's going to and fro. Stick, poke, stick, poke. Cat's on the fence having a fence. Wait, 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 wait. Um, this wouldn't be a. Eric remembers that one. <laughs> this wouldn't be a. This song seems to be more metaphorical than the other ones. This wouldn't happen to be a metaphor for uh, maybe like an actual stabbing that took place. You you got it. No, I hope I didn't get it because you're not referring to. We're not implying that you stabbed the students that were talking uh, hey, to you. Hey, what right? are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about. How do you Turf? invite a man to your show? How do you invite me here? Technically, you weren't invited. Technically, you were not invited specifically. Wow. Wow. Eric, how dare they? A man of our ilk. A man of our status in life. Turk, if you, No respect. I, I, Turk, regardless of the statutes and limitations, if you are a violent offender, I would appreciate to know such facts before you just come up in, up in here. Have you ever heard Poke the Steak? Poke the steak. <laughs> yeah. No. Is that another song? Yeah. One of my other songs. Um, under the same pseudonym. Under the same pseudonym, okay. yes. Okay. Clifford Toothsbury. Clifford Toothsbury. It's really a shame. I I almost oh, want there, to sign there up is for an instrumental for it. Yeah. There is an instrumental for it. Here it is. Now this oh. is when I took my talents south of the border. Oh, clearly. Into Kentucky. <laughs> Southern Kentucky. <laughs> Is this the kind of music they listen to? <laughs> Steak is on the grill. Take a fork and see if it's done. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Clearly you seem to be doubling down on the stabbing metaphor. And I just don't feel safe with, with, the, with this happening. You seem to be admitting, openly admitting to a crime. Why'd you stop me? <laughs> Why'd you stop me? <laughs> I, you're right. I'm sorry. That was rude of me. Ooh, yeah. Steak is on the grill. Take a fork and see if it's done. Ooh, it's bloody for real. Whoa. Now I'm just about to have some fun. Poke the steak. And then use a rake to cover it. Poke the steak. And then use a rake. 
to cover it. So if that's if that's not a metaphor, it's just very odd. Right. So if this is <laughs> this is what I'm confused about. This seems this song. seems like an admission of guilt. These songs. What? How dare you? Oh my God! How dare you, Eric? Do you believe how to speak to a man of high status, of high credit level? We both have great credit. Eric and I can buy a house right now. We can co-sign for each other. Can you believe oh. how they're talking to us? Eric, do you think if he, if uh, Turk was in the same position you were working at that studio, do you think the people that owned it would have offered for him to buy it? He mm. seems like a sketchy individual, right? A little bit. Wow, Eric. A little bit. <laughs> Eric, how can you say this? We're caught carrying members of the NRA. <laughs> oh. I... <laughs> But you, the National Recordings <laughs> Men Association, oh, oh. recordings, the, Men the National Recordings Men Association. <laughs> yes, is that like an old timey term? See, because I don't know anything from before the nineties. Yeah. So is that like an old timey term for for engineers? That's what we used to call ourselves. recordings men. <laughs> and recordings woman was too was too clunky. So when too it started clunky, to get yeah. more progressive, then well, they, just know, they didn't let it. women back. They didn't let right. women in, in yeah. back in the days, you know. And when they did, it was like ah, recordings women is too clunky. Too clunky. Let's just they call them engineers. Be, yeah. Okay, that I guess that makes sense. I guess that checks out. Uh, let me ask you a question, uh, Turk. So you had mentioned that uh, your kind of studio guitarist was Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. um, and then he left your studio to go pursue a career with Michael Jackson and then uh, the band Van Halen after mm-hmm. that. Did you get a chance, because I know Michael Jackson, I believe is from Indiana. He is. Um, so did you get a chance to meet Michael at all or work with him directly? Um, do you have any relationship with him at all? I knew his dad. Really? Yeah, I oh, knew Joe, Joe. Jackson. I knew Joe. Oh, wow. Me and Joe worked at the steel mill together. The steel mill? Yeah. Oh. The plant. And this was before all of the, the music. Before the music. Before he got his, his family involved. He told me he was about to go home and fuck. And <laughs> so this was before the kids were born? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, ooh, careful, Joe. And he, he was like, no. <laughs> did you take the opportunity to explain to him how child reproduction works? So that, I did. Like you did with us. <laughs> I had to let him know. I had to let him know. You, you sat him down. He said, Joe, like, now Joe, look, your, your great-great-grandfather came over here on Ellis Island. And had sex. And had sex. <laughs> With somebody else. And obviously he didn't heed your warning because they had a lot of kids. Exactly. So many kids. Now, did you think that before, did that upset you you at all? Because maybe before the Jackson kids were born, maybe you thought Joe could have like poured his his like mentorship into your musical career. Yeah. And then once they came along, I'm sure that was. I knew he had talent. Mm -hmm. You know, the way, the way he, we would go to the cafeteria to eat lunch. The steel mill, mill, the plant. And he would jump in line and hit me over the head with the tray and said, that's enough. And I hadn't even eaten yet. So I was like, what's enough? But what he was doing was driving me forward Mm. in my music career Mm. saying, keep going. Move to Cleveland. Get out of here. Go back home to Cleveland. Get a job at Cleveland State. Do some math. Figure it all out. And he said that directly, or that's what you, you gathered from that's his what behavior? I gathered from oh, gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. I wrote a song about it. Did you? you? Did. It's called No Joe. No Joe. Yeah. You have that instrumental? I, th- on YouTube? I, th- I think so. <clears throat> oh, this sounds like Man in the Mirror. Yeah, this sounds okay. familiar. You ever meet a person who hits you over the head? But then he forces you to go somewhere else. 
and do what you're meant to do. This is on my album, my 1987 album. Okay. I'm gonna make a change <laughs> for once in my life. It didn't feel real good when you hit me. <clears throat> gonna make it right. As I turn up the collar on my favorite janitor coat. Then I do some math I look in the mirror And I see it clearer That I gotta take a bath No Joe No Joe No Joe No Joe Like raindrops falling on the roof And a cat on the fence There it is, okay And that song got me nominated for a local Grammy. A local Grammy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, bears a striking resemblance to Michael's hit, uh, Man in the Mirror. What so, is that? So, what is that? What are you talking about? So, Michael Jackson. Who? <clears throat> one, one, one of Joe's, one of Joe's sons. sons. Oh, one of Joe's kids? Yeah. He I'm had a, a song guy. that sound just, sounded just like that. Wow. Had you ever sang it in front of Joe or the kids? I did. I ran into them. Uh huh. I ran into Joe in 1985. Mm-hmm. That's what year it was. Okay. Ran into Joe, and I said, "Joe, I did it. Everything you wanted me to do, I did it. I did it, Joe." And he remembered and who he you were. Remembered who I was uh-huh. slightly. Uh-huh. And I was working as a valet at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Okay. And he was there, and I was working under a pseudonym because I couldn't. I wasn't supposed you to. You had another name. Yeah. That wasn't the Clifford Toothberry. Not Clifford Toothberry. No. You want to disclose what that other name was? Reggie Carr. Reggie, Reggie Carr, Carr. Reggie yeah. Carr. Yeah. With one R's or two R's two on R's. Car? Two okay. R's. Gotcha. Yeah. So the people wouldn't confuse. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And uh, I sang a little bit of that for him, and he was like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. You're going you're gonna to do something one day. And I was like, I already did stuff. I'm, in, I'm a member of the NRA. The National Recordings Minnesota. Right, 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 right. 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 Maybe, maybe, yeah. So did you ever see him again after that? No, never saw Joe again after that. Huh. It, um, I'm really sorry to be the one to tell you this, um, but that song is actually a a massive Michael Jackson hit. One of one of Joe's sons. What? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a really Eric. Big. Did you know this? It's pretty big. Eric, how dare you guys? How <laughs> dare you talk to me, a man of status, a man, a of man of your ilk, cleric, a man of <laughs> everything that Eric and I are. NRA card holding members. <laughs> the National Recordings Men Association. Yeah, I, I feel like um I feel like Turk, you got a lot of catching up to do as far as like how the music industry works nowadays. I mean, it seems like you've been out of game for a while. I mean, unless you have something new and current, I mean I I just don't understand why 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 you wanted to come up here today. I do. I have some new stuff. Do you? Yeah. After okay. the the comeback album in the nineties. After the comeback album, I have a re comeback album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I had to re comeback. Eric knows so, about this album. So for your NRA membership, are there hefty dues involved? Eric, Eric you pay them as well. <laughs> yes, yes. The dues. Have you not been paying your dues? Am I the only one who has to pay dues? I pay seventeen thousand dollars a month to be a part a of the NRA. Month. Yeah. It's oh. taking a toll on me financially. It's, but I, I will imagine. not lose my status as a card-holding member of the NRA. 
<laughs> well, I mean, the National you, Recordings Men Association. Do do you? I mean, do you have any new music you want to just share with us? Yeah, have you heard raindrops falling on a Lambo? <laughs> raindrops falling on a Lambo. I have no. not heard that. I can try to pull it up though. Yeah, pull it up. Type it in. Pull it up. Honestly, uh, I think we can only go up from here. So I'm excited to hear what you got for us. Ah, uh, raindrops on a Lambo. Falling on a Lambo. Lambo, Dambo, Jambo, Sambo, Sambo. That's racist. Sambo, 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 Sambo. Raindrops, raindrops falling on a Lambo. My name is Sambo. Cut a Hambo. Had a baseball game. Eating hot dogs. Eating hot dogs at the baseball game. Eating hot dogs at a baseball game. Eric knows this part. Eating hot dogs. Putting ketchup. Ketchup, mustard. Ketchup, mustard. Some relish. Ain't mayonnaise? Got some mayonnaise. Mayonnaise on your hot dog? That shit crazy. I love it. So, bacon wrap. Oh, I'm sorry, there's more? Why are you, why are you so stopping sorry, me? I'm so sorry. Why are you stopping me? Now I lost my train. See? I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't want to hear where he was going to go with bacon wrap. <laughs> A real LA tune. So it sounds much more modern, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, much more West Coast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clearly, the uh, the Ohio influence has kind of faded. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Uh, it, it feels... You got to keep up with the times. It's one, one thing that I've always known. <laughs> Eric knows this as well. You got to keep up with the times. Yeah. The, I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that does sound very modern. Again, again, it's hard for me to believe that that's a real song. Yeah. What? Uh, it just, uh, the way you tend to write music, uh, it just sounds like you're kind of just making it up as you go along. And and typically, sa- songs want to sound like you spent a lot of time working on them, and they're really... That song just got me an internet Grammy. Internet, internet Grammy? Yeah. What is Modern- it? <clears throat> oh, I'm a, oh, no. Oh, no. Are you okay? Are you ah. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Are you, are you okay? He's, Turk. Com- he's convulsing. Uh, are you Eric, okay? Eric knows what's going on. Eric, th- tell what's me what's happening. happening. <laughs> I think he's having a heart attack. Oh, no. <clears throat> oh. Sorry. Turkey, okay? Yeah, I'm fine now. You're fine now? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do, you need, do you need to call an ambulance or something? No, I'm fine. You're fine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just had a little bit of a heart attack right there. A little bit of a heart attack. I mean, yeah. I can call 911. It runs in the family. All the Cleveland Leguizamos have died of heart attacks. My time is coming shortly. Eric knows this. Is it from all the pasta consumption? A lot of it is. Mm. Yeah, that's you know that's not good on your arteries. A lot of olive oil and, and that yeah. kind of stuff. We use butter. We use oh. butter instead yeah. of olive oil. Mm-hmm. Wow, that that probably that's well that'll the, do uh, it. That's yeah. the Black Hills. The Black Hills. The Black Hills version. Because yeah. yeah. olives didn't grow in the Black Hills. No, but there's plenty of of cows. I'm plenty assuming. Plenty of cows. Oh my gosh, plenty of cows. <laughs> Honestly, they're called the Black Hills because there, it was just a bunch. The hill was made of a bunch of dead black cows. Oh, really? Yeah, that's no, gross. Yeah, that's pretty gross. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> how dare you? A man of our ilk, a man of our cleric. Uh, well, we, I, I guess this was a good conversation. Yeah. I mean, have you ever heard the song "Black Cow" by black Steely Dan? Cow by Steely Dan. No. <laughs> yeah, play it. Okay. Are you involved in this, or this mm-hmm. is just a straight Steely Dan song? Yeah, I'll do my I'll do my backing vocals that I did on this. Oh, I I wasn't aware that there were backing vocals. How did there. did you not Google? How, how do you invite somebody somewhere and you don't Google them? Again, you weren't uh, technically invited. How do you invite somebody somewhere? Eric, can you believe that they would do this to me? <laughs> Humiliate me like this? Yeah. So you're on you're on the original recording of this. Mm. 
You'll hear me. Okay. Just let it play for a little while. But also because you have to clear the music. Probably need to talk over it. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's that's a good call. Uh, <laughs> we're you, right, we're not members of the uh, NRA, so we didn't know that. Here it is. <laughs> That's your background. That was me. Did you guys hear me? Did you guys hear me? I did hear it. Yeah, I had never heard that song before, and I did not know that that part was in there. That yeah. is, that is crazy. Well, I mean, and quite in the foreground. Yeah, it yeah. is really out front in the mix. I've never heard that before. How have you never heard that? That's crazy. That, that's that's that is there the whole time. But, but in Ohio, that qualifies as a background vocal. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of like in in the recording of "Beat It" when there's like the door that slams in the beginning. It's like the studio door being closed. Oh yeah. It's like in there forever. I mean, you're the slamming door of "Black Cow" by Steely Dan. I wanna. I want a background Grammy for that. A background, background Grammy. Grammy. Mm-hmm. That's Grammy specifically for background performance? Yes. I didn't know they offered those. Yeah, neither did I. I mean, we got to read up on the NRA. I know. It's, it sounds <laughs> expensive, but it might be worth it. Yeah. All right. Well. It, I can refer you, you guys. You can refer me to, is it like an invitation only type thing? Yeah. The NRA? Yeah, Eric knows this. Uh, <laughs> who, Eric, who referred you to the NRA? Uh, this is the first I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Eric? Is humiliating me, <laughs> and he knows how far we go back. Eric, I've, I've heard of another NRA. Oh, but oh. yeah, I, but the I, this National is the Recordingsman. Yeah, <laughs> is it like a, Is it like a special outfit you have to wear at the gatherings? Is it like the Kingsman? Ah, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you ever seen a 1920s film director? Yeah, it's basically that outfit. <laughs> well, I haven't Very because tall. I've never seen anything before. Before you have so to maybe I'll just class. Google it. Okay, so tall boots with your pants tucked into them. Okay, like you have a horse, horse like horse jockey pants uh-huh. tucked in a tall boots, a white billowy shirt. Maybe only, a vest. Only but yeah, maybe a vest. Only buttoned up like three buttons, so your chest is exposed. <laughs> oh, like, like the beret. movie The Patriot. I've seen that movie. Like that's kind of how they dress, right? <laughs> Yeah, but with like the, the, it's kind of a floppy beret on top. A floppy beret with a long, uh, megaf- old megaphone, old 1920s megaphone, which is just like a cheerleader, like, it's shot. And right. a lo- very long cigarette. Kind of like a French pirate. Yeah. Gotcha. See, Eric, see, Eric see I'm glad you explained that because I was wondering why you were wearing that when yeah. you walked in. Well, I'm, this is, I want people to know, and Eric should be wearing his too. Eric is quite underdressed. Uh, for this, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a military type thing where so you have your dress, your dress uniform, and then you got your your street clothes. Whenever you record anything, we'll just take Turkey Legs' word for it. Oh, is this yeah. in the is this in the National Recording Men's uh, uh, handbook? Handbook? Is it like the in bylaws? The, the bylaws. Anytime, anytime you, you are on a recorded event, uh-huh. you must be wearing this outfit. Oh, so I so knew when Eric, you guys invited me here today, right, you were gonna have to wear. It. I was gonna have to wear it. Technically, it, not invited. Is Eric now? Would Eric be penalized if someone from the NRA realized that he wasn't wearing his? Uh, yeah, but I won't do that to him. I won't humiliate him like he's humiliated me today. Eric, a man it, of Eric, our ilk, it, it, a man of our cleric, <laughs> Eric, a man of our class, a man of our status. Eric, <laughs> it does seem like there's a lot of uh, like a, a like some a connection between you guys. Are you sure you guys don't go back? I mean, it just seems like uh, maybe he just really wants to be your friend. Well, maybe we can so, be friends. Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. <laughs> I'll be over your house later for the chili cookoff. <laughs> chili right. cookoff. Chili cookoff. I'm yeah. into that. Eric's you, having a chili cookoff at his house tonight. I actually, Eric, why were I mean, why weren't we invited? 
I mean, you just met this guy. Why does he get invited? You can come. NRA Everyone's members, welcome. NRA members have to stick together. <laughs> We're under attack in this country. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a different, a, different NRA. There's no one sticking up for the NRA these days. Nobody is sticking up for the NRA, for the National Recording Association. That, that is true. I've never even heard of you guys. Not much representation. We, we, we go back a long ways. Have you ever heard Peg by Steely Dan? Oh, sure. Another yeah. Steely Dan song. <laughs> yeah, I sang background on it. Oh, really? You did. Yeah. Would you like to show us? Yeah. All right. Now, I had no idea. Was this in Ohio? This is in Ohio. This is all in Ohio. They came to my studio. They said, excuse me, sir. <laughs> We're Steely Dan. My name's Donald Fagan. Will you please record some background vocals for us, maybe? So this is the this song. This is a classic. You're going to let us know where... Is this a classic? I, it is. I don't yeah. know. This is a classic. What year was this recorded? In the 80s or something? Uh, 70s? 79. Yeah, I've never 79? Heard okay, maybe. you would know. Let's listen for those uh, We're listening classic for turkey leg backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Me and Michael McDonald. Me and Michael McDonald laid these background tracks. Well, so I, I can hear Michael McDonald's voice. He has a very distinct You'll voice hear me too. in the background. Though. Trust me. Okay. Well, you I just mean, didn't notice it because you didn't know me. Are you going to let us know when it's going to come up? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know Michael McDonald was in Steely Dan. Um, I don't know if he Unofficial was in it. Yeah. Unofficial member. Here he comes. So still no backgrounds yet? Not yet. Okay. You'll hear it though. Keep talking over this. Really this, 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 this is like a time where black people and white people made the same music. Hey, come back to you. Where'd it go? Hey, ne- Where'd it go? Hey, <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah, that, again, that seems very front in the mix. Yeah, it just, it just seems very really mix, unbalanced, yeah. like the mix. Your voice, the, the voice in the recording is just so loud. How have you guys never heard? How did you never notice that? It was so subtle. Well, I've never heard this Dealey Dan song, and I don't know how you've never heard it, Brandon. Yeah, I've never heard that part. I'm I'm sorry. I guess I'm so caught up with the Michael McDonald part. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you still talk to any of these people? Uh, unfortunately not. No? Yeah. Well, that, that is I a shame. I got to 33rd degree of the NRA. The 33rd degree. I didn't know there was different degrees. Yeah. Are there like rites of passage that you have to go through? In order? It's like musical Freemasonry. Oh, is that? So how far back does this go? Ages. Ages? To the Stone Age. The Stone wow. Age. Wow. I didn't know that. So like before like, Newton. Before Newton. Are there like Egyptian hieroglyphs and stuff like that for the no, NRA? Yes. Yeah. Wow. People sitting down with Egyptian headphones on, which were just two birds tied together. <laughs> So was it always called the National Recordings Men Association? Yeah, <laughs> like prior to electricity, prior and, to nations, yeah. <laughs> prior to recording, it was always. I guess it was a it's a, a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know we were going to get so much into history. Yeah, we uh, very storied history. You should know that when you invited me. That's true. Oh man, now I feel like a, we just. I feel like a bad host. Well, he technically wasn't invited. That's true. He technically wasn't an invited guest. Although we do appreciate your time and coming and being a part of the conversation. Eric, we appreciate your time as well. Of course. Um, I'm excited to hear if there's any music that comes out of this newfound budding relationship. 
Let's get out of here, Eric. <laughs> We're clearly not respected. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully we can see you guys later at the Chili Cook-Off. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a great time. All right. Well, we appreciate both of you guys. Uh, Brandon, thanks for joining. Yeah. Thanks for coming and doing another episode of this every week. Yep. As we always do. Yeah, this is uh, this has been great and very informative. All right. Let's, uh, we say we get out of here. Let's get out of here. All right. See you next week. <laughs>